the power of thought. The power of your thoughts. Now, because man has a creative capacity, um, and we can do that unconsciously, we create our own world around us, we have to be very careful with this reality. And uh, that's why we need to be founded in love. Okay? Now, in 1 Corinthians chapter 12 and verse 31, um, Paul has been talking about the gifts of the Spirit, and then he goes on to say in verse 31, but covet earnestly the best gifts, and then he went on to say, and yet I show you a more excellent way. Okay? He goes right on, he says, though I speak... Now this excellent way he begins to talk about. Though I speak with the tongues of men and of angels and have not love, I am become a sounding brass or a tinkling cymbal. And so he's talking about the more excellent way is a way of love. Now, a more excellent or superabundant way. In verse uh, chapter 13, verse 9, it says, For we know in part, we only know in part, talking about the gifts of the Spirit, we prophesy in part, Okay, these are gifts, the gifts of the Spirit. They are spasmodic, they are not permanent. Uh, they go and they come. And so we prophesy in part. Verse 13, but when that which is perfect is come, then that which is in part shall be done away with, simply because we'll be moving in fullness. So when that which is perfect is come, this situation where we're just moving God in part shall be done away with. For now we see through a glass darkly, but then we shall see him face to face. We know in part, but when this happens, when that which is perfect is come, it says, but then we shall know even as we are known. Now abideth three things, by the faith, hope, and love. These three, but the greatest of these is love. Okay, he's talking about a shift a change. He said, when that which is perfect is come, that which is in part shall be done away with. Uh, we see through a glass darkly now, but then face to face, when that which is perfect is come. And, um, you know, quite often, theologically, people have put this particular passage of scripture connected with the second coming of Jesus, but it really has nothing at all to do with the second coming of Jesus. When that which is perfect has come, is not talking about Jesus. It's talking about a, a new standard, a new level. When that which is perfect is come, we have to look at the context of this. He said, started by saying, covet earnestly the best gifts, yet I'll show you a better way. Okay? And this better way, more excellent way, he says, even though we have all the gifts, we speak with tongues of men and angels, but we don't have this other quality, which is love. You're a sounding brass and a tinkling cymbal. And without this other quality, we see through a glass darkly. We don't connect with him face to face. But when that which is perfect is come, we will. And so we're talking about this whole concept of love, perfect at love, that which, um, you know, the imp the imp will give away. They will give away to something else. That which is not perfect will give way to something which is more perfect or better. And so we're talking about this, you know, coming to the this, this standard, the New Testament standard by which everything is measured is love. The Old Testament standard was the law. The New Testament standard in which everything is measured by is love because if you love then you hold the standard of righteousness standard of righteousness is based in love so we understand that so when we come to this perfection of love perfected love that which is in part our relationship our function is at a certain level will give way to a much higher level okay now and that much higher level is the fullness of the spirit the seven spirits of the lord so we move from the gifts of the spirit to a permanent anointing, uh, the seven spirits of the Lord, permanent anointing. And that's what Jesus was talking about in Luke 14. It says, the spirit of the Lord is upon me, hath anointed me. We know that particular passage of scripture. It sent me to heal the brokenhearted, preach deliverance to captives, recovering of sight to the blind, set at liberty those who are bruised. Now, when we come to, because we are creative beings and we continue to create, 
God will limit us to a certain level until he can trust us with the higher levels of creation. Now, it's important to recognize this. And uh, God cannot trust you with this unless you are living in what? Love. Okay, that's your safeguard. Because we are creative beings. We have the power to create. You know, Jesus underwent three tests in, in, in when the Spirit took him into the wilderness. In Luke chapter 4, there were three tests that he underwent. And the enemy came and said, make these stones bread. Okay? And... Uh, Jesus turned and he said, man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word which the Lord speaks to me. Okay, so that's what he was saying. The test was that of independence. Would he work independent of the word of the Lord? Okay, that was the test he was faced with. And secondly, it's, um, he took him up, the devil took him up into a high place and showed him all the kingdoms of the world and the power thereof. Next test was power, influence. Um... And all the kingdoms, he said, I will give them to you, okay? And uh, that was a problem, power. And whatever gives us power, whether it be wealth, whether it be position, or whatever, power, you know? And uh, with that comes, of course, pride. But you see, uh, Jesus dealt that, dealt with that in, the, in his own his own way, you know. He said, I'll give you all the kingdoms of this world. He, could have, he said, if you bow down and worship me, I'll give you them now. Jesus said, I'm willing to wait. This is the problem. Willing to wait this is the problem. And uh, thirdly, you know, we, you know the, cast yourself down from the pinnacle. Prove who you are. Prove. You know, pride. Prove. Prove who you are. The scripture says, the Lord will, the angels will catch you. And he turned and he said, They shall not tempt the Lord thy God. In other words, just prove who you are, you know. Uh, he had to go through these tests, you know, in the wilderness. And the Bible says he came out of the, he went into the wilderness uh, filled with the Spirit. He came out of the wilderness in the fullness of the Spirit. Because God could now trust him. Now the issue is, can God trust us? Okay, we are creative beings. And so we have to be perfected in love for God to be able to trust us. As simple as that. Now, what we need to recognize is that thoughts, thoughts are seeds. We all have thoughts, you know, we all have, we think, you think, we think all the time. But thoughts are seeds, they have a life in them, and they will reproduce. Your thoughts will produce. Now, in the natural, you take a seed off one of the trees out here, or an apple tree, a pear tree, or whatever, and uh, you take one of the seeds, that seed, tiny little seed, has in it the DNA or the, of what that, that plant will become, that seed will become. It's all in there, the plan, the pattern. Uh, once it falls to the ground or is planted, it will grow according to the pattern, according to the seed, and eventually it will become a tree and produce. Now, one of the, I want to talk to you today about one of the, the kingdom law of reproduction. This is one of the most important laws in the kingdom. It is irrevocably decreed in heaven, even before the foundations of the world. It is one of the most important laws of the kingdom, which you and I need to understand. And this law basically states that all things reproduce after their own kind. All things reproduce, all seeds, all things reproduce after their own kind. In Genesis chapter 1 and verse 12 it says, The earth, earth brought forth grass and herbs yielding seed after his kind. And the tree yielding fruit whose seed was in itself after his kind. And God saw that it was good. Okay? It is a law, a law of the kingdom, an important law. All things must reproduce after their own kind. Now, this law affects our lives continually. It shapes our future. It determines your present. Your circumstances right now have been determined by this law. I want you to think about that. 
You see, we always want to blame the devil, or we blame God for not coming through, or we blame the devil, or we blame someone else. That all things reproduce up to their own kind. Now we said last week, our circumstances, that's what's around us, a situation, we have created that. You say, well, you know, I had a bad start, you know. And, uh, you know, I was brought up and I didn't have a good start as a child and blah, 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 blah. It doesn't change the law. Esther had a bad start. She was an orphan. She was the least likely to succeed in Israel as she became the queen. Okay? Now, this law is very efficient. It is unchanging. It is eternal. It is irrevocable. And it works. We plant gardens, they produce after their own kind. You plant apple seeds, they produce apple trees. However, the most subtle garden of all, where you plant most things, is that of your own heart. And what you plant there will reproduce. It will come home. The pigeons will come home to roost. It will It'll take a cycle, and it will come home. Man is capable of producing anything. You know, thoughts are seeds. And let me just say something. When planted, they will reproduce their own kind. Now, we really, this is a very, very important kingdom law. And thoughts are seed. Strong desires that is the heat which causes the seed to spring into life. You know, thoughts follow the law of the universe. Each produces after its own kind. That's what it means in Proverbs 23 and verse 7. For as you think, uh, so is he. As a man thinks, so is he. Or literally, it reads in the Hebrews, so he will become. As you think, you will become. And we're not talking just about the power of positive thinking. We're talking about a universal principle and a law which God has laid down. The law of reproduction. A kingdom law. If you judge, you will be judged. It will come back to you. And you sow a seed, it will reproduce that tree in your own life. In your heart where the seed is sown. They produce, seed produce after their own kind and return to us. So understanding this is very, very important. Understanding the need to discipline in our thought life, where we look, where we feel, our thought life. Because of this law, now listen to me, because of this law we must live every moment as we desire the future to be. Say that again, you must live every moment as you desire the future to be. Now, the human mind is one of the greatest of the earthly powers, not the heavenly, the earthly powers. That's why Mark, Jesus said in Mark 11:23, he said, For verily I say unto you that whatsoever, whosoever shall say unto this mountain, be I removed and cast into the sea, shall not doubt in his heart, but shall believe that those things which he saith shall come to pass, he shall have whatsoever he said. Now, these words of Jesus are not a metaphor. He's not talking metaphorically. He's talking literally. So he's saying, now, now be careful with this. That whatsoever you say, if you, whosoever shall say unto this man, be removed and cast into the sea, shall not doubt in his heart, I shall believe that those things which he says shall come to pass, he shall have whatsoever. He said, now stop for a moment and think about the power of that. Just think about that. It's given to the human. You don't have to even be a Christian for this. Okay? It's a universal law. And so he goes on to say, therefore, in the next verse, I say unto you, because of what he just said, because of this principle, he said, therefore, I say unto you, whatsoever things you desire... When you pray, believe that you receive them and you shall have them. Okay? You know, desire is a very strong emotion. A very, very, very strong emotion. So he's saying, desire, believe, say, receive. 
You see, we think about our thoughts as just thoughts and nobody knows about them and they're just thoughts. They're not. They're alive. They have life. They have power. Thoughts are seeds. Sow them and they will grow. You'll have a tree after a while growing up in your life. Circumstances, situations, who you are, what you are. According as a man thinks, so he is. Now we need to look very quickly at how thoughts are planted. You know, if thoughts are seeds, and they are, we must know how they are planted. How to plant it. You know, a seed doesn't grow unless you plant it. Okay? And so we need to take this a little further and just look at this. You know, the soul is made of three primary parts, mind, emotion, and will. Okay? All three are necessary in this process. The thought, which is the mind, the desire, which is the emotion, and the will, which is the choice. Now, thoughts are fine until they connect with emotion. When your thoughts connect with desire or feeling, a power is released. Now, this is another law which we look at. You hold your focus of your thoughts until they connect with your emotion or your feelings or your desire. When thought and emotion connect, they become a power, a life, and a light. That is the principle, you know, if two agree is touching anything. When your emotions agree with your thinking, it shall be done. And it's a power of union. It is a law. It is a spiritual law. And for example, you know, fear is a good example of that. Fear is not first an emotion, it's a thought. Right? You know, you're at home on your own and you hear a noise outside and you think, ooh, what's the noise outside? And that's fine until it connects with what? Your emotions. Now you have a problem. Okay? That thing fills your being. You see, the see, the thought is connected with the power of emotion and it's become a living entity. And that, that thing then begins the thought, you know, it's connected with feeling, it becomes real, it becomes a power, you know, the seed is planted or conception takes place, it becomes a power. Anything that connects with our emotions becomes a very strong power. You see, the church has taught, taught for years that the emotions are not important. I'll tell you, the emotions are the creative side of you, as well as the thought line. Your emotions are essential for everything to happen. You have to feel what you do, okay? And when your thinking connects with feeling about that thing, strong feeling, the seed is planted. A power is released. It's the law of union. Two agree is touching everything, anything. It shall be done. Thought and conception is very important. In James 1.15, James kind of went through the process. He, he said, when lust is conceived... It brings forth, something happens, brings forth sin. And sin, when it is finished, brings forth death, the result. Okay. When lust is conceived, the word, the Greek word there is solombano, which means to seize upon and be unified with. Conception takes place. Two come together. The conception takes place. When mind and emotion come together, thought and emotion, strong feeling, come together, Conception takes place. You say conception, union, means the Greek word is union, to seize and to become unified. It will then bring forth, we say, when lust is conceived, as a union takes place, it starts to bring forth. That word there, bring forth, is a Greek word which means to generate or to breed. It's now breeding. It's now start, something is starting. It's growing. It's breeding. Then it finally says, it will bring forth. Now that word bring forth, uh, the second time is, is, is the word which, Greek word which means to bring forth the plant from the seed. That's literally what it means in the Greek. Now when you think about this, there is a process here. Lust is the thought. Conception takes hold of in union. It will be birthed and born in your life. That's a process which the Bible here was talking about. You see, thoughts are living. 
thoughts are powerful. And when they connect with emotion, conception takes place. Have you ever noticed when you, you kind of meditating in the Word, or uh, any time when God begins to speak to you, now you know it is really God, we call it revelations coming, and you really know that it's God, and it affects your thinking. You, you know what He is saying, it affects your thoughts, but how many of you know it doesn't stay there? You have a feeling that floods your whole being. What is that? You see, it touches your emotions. You feel it. Revelation is not just a thought, it is a feeling. And when those two come together, it floods your whole being. You know the feeling? Revelation, it just floods you. It's like light. fills up your whole being. You know God is speaking. It's revelation. It's not just an abstract thought. It's connected with feeling. It's touched up something in your life which fills you with light. But that is powerful. And when that happens, the seed is planted. Conception has taken place. And if it's followed through, that revelation is followed through, it will bring to birth in your life. This is an extremely important principle um, to understand. Life springs forth. When the material seed, the thought, touches your emotions, your being will begin to come alive with that thing. Now, your mind connected to the emotions is very, very powerful. They tell us that our memories, me memories are, you remember that which you experience or that which you feel. Okay, can we just shut those, both those doors, Mark? Um, that, you know, people talk to you and it doesn't touch you, it doesn't mean much to you. How many of you know you don't remember it? Okay, your wife can be talking to you and telling you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, we get out of this ground before we get too far in. Okay. Um, they say that you remember, psychologists tell us, you remember things that interest you and things that touch your emotions then it's written because the power you see is released it's written in it's written into your heart it's written on your mind it's written into your memory those two things coming together thought and emotion are very very powerful thought alone is not a much it has to be touched with feeling and when that happens conception takes place when conception takes place, you're going to bring to birth something. And this is the process, you see, um, of creation. And uh, when thoughts contact your emotions, power is released. Whether it's anger, or love, faith, fear. And you have to keep out unbelief by knowing these laws. The law is very simple. Once a seed is planted, it will reproduce after its own kind. It will reproduce that thought, negative or positive. It will come back into your life. It will become a part of you. The tree will grow up in your heart. It will determine your circumstances, your future and your present. As a man thinks, so he will become. Keep out unbelief. You need to know these laws. It's irrevocable. It works. It will happen. That's what your faith is based on. Okay, let's talk just for a few moments on the power of vision. The power of vision. Because Jesus considered imagination as reality, um, we must understand this ability that God gave us. You know, he talked about imagination as being real, as reality. Now, Matthew 5, 28 talks about that in James 1, um, verse 15. Jesus considered imagination as reality. Isn't that a scary thought? You know? So, you think, stop and think about that for a while. He considered imagination as reality. It wasn't some kind of just way of putting it. He was talking real. He was talking real things to us. 
considers it as reality. Now, we have to really start thinking about that and be aware of that principle. What you imagine with your thought life, your thoughts, connects with your heart or your emotions, it is going to happen. That's where some down the line, if it's negative, you quickly get it aborted through repentance and dealing with it. Now, this is a very, very important principle. You must visualize what you desire to become in God. And if you don't start visualizing it, it won't happen, because it's a law of creation. You must begin to visualize what you feel that God, you, you desire to become in God. You see, imagination is a God-given gift, but it's a creative gift. And that's the problem. It's a creative gift. And, uh, you know, the thought, the desire, or the emotion, the imagination, these are tools of creative power, which changes our world and changes our lives, whether we are aware of it or not. It still works. You know, and you must have knowledge and an understanding of this, and you also need to be founded in love because your imaginations will reproduce. Really, your imagination is just a higher level of thought. It is a thought, but it's in a higher plane. Okay? And it adds tremendous power to thought. And when you begin to connect emotions with your imagination, you've started a creative principle which will reproduce. It's the whole force of your soul is now behind that thing. Your choice, your imagination, your, your, your heart, your choice, your will, the mind, your whole soul, your emotions. Your whole soul now is behind it in strength. The motivation, you see, must be love. You say, well, could I create anything like this? Of course you could. The New Age movement understands it a lot better than the church. And it is not an occult principle. It is a kingdom principle which can be used for good or evil. It can be a principle with, which demons can use and bring to pass in your life or which the Holy Spirit can use and bring to pass in your life. The principle is neutral. Who assists you in it is variable. It can be demons of God depending on whether your imagination is righteous. And we're talking about founded in love. But the principle is the same for the New Age people. It's a God-given principle. And for Christians, the only difference is the purity of heart behind it. And if it's based, that's why Jesus said, uh, you know, and that's why I've been kind of harping on this for two years. You've got to be founded in love. And you're not going to go any further without that. You must be develop this in your life. Motivation must be love, but you must see yourself perfect, you know, in mind, body, spirit taking hold of the promises, what you know to be your future. You have to take hold of it with imagination, with thought, and with feeling. How do you think things are created? They're created this way. As a man thinks in his heart, not just his mind, but with his feelings and with his imagination, so he will become. Now, your circumstances right now are a product of this principle. You say, well, you know, the devil stole all this from me. Oh, no, he didn't. That's right, you gave it away by wrong thinking. You gave it away to him by not understanding the principles of the kingdom of God. We always want to blame someone else. But God wants us to take responsibility for our own lives and our own circumstances without blaming others. You can be changed. God has made it possible for us to change. But you see, you have to understand these principles. You have to see yourself walking in light and in love. You have to train your senses to, to, how can I put this? You must see light emanate from you when you love and when you are thankful and when you are worshipping. 
train your senses to see that light emanating from you. Start by training your senses with your imagination. Because you are not imagination, imagining something that is not real. When you are worshipping, you are emanating a light and a power and a color. That is real. Train your senses, your imagination to see it. Train your senses. Train your imagination. See yourself walking in light. You cannot walk in it unless you see it. You cannot be aware of it unless you first imagine it. You must do this and think, well, it's just by imagination. God treats imagination as reality. Because it's in the spirit realm that you, you move to the realm of spirit with imagination. And you must see yourself perfected. You know, see the light that emanates from you. Train your senses. All things produce after their own kind what you think, what you imagine, what you feel. Connected together with these things is a seed which will reproduce. Okay. Now, taking responsibility is the first step. You know, all the time, if we... If we have this kind of attitude of blaming others for our circumstances, blaming God, blaming the devil, blaming our background. If we constantly do those things, we can never move further on. Because taking responsibility is the first step for ourselves. God always deals with us, not our background. Not other people around us, he deals with us. Okay? Now God knows all the mitigating circumstances and he understands all of that. But the laws do not change. Okay? People get hurt. They become bitter. And that bitterness colors their circumstances. Their circumstances degenerate and through the years they live and end up in a miserable existence. Who did that? The person who hurt them? No. The reaction to the person who hurt them did that to you. Take responsibility for your life and your circumstances. Stop putting the blame elsewhere. That's the first step to reality. Coming to God and uh, growing up a little, taking responsibility, begin to train your senses, begin to understand how these things work. You have to begin to conquer doubt and fear. And you conquer doubt and fear by, by knowing these laws are immutable. They do work. It doesn't take a lot of faith. Once you sow, this thing's going to happen. All you've got to do is believe that it's going to happen because it is a law which God decreed. It will come back to you. You know? But you see, what most of us do, we start around and think, oh, this is wonderful. I know what God has called me to. I know... What some of my futures be, I'm going to start to believe God, I'm going to start to feel that, I'm going to start to imagine that, and that's wonderful, and you do that for a week or so, and then, you know, you get, you get a bit tired in doing that, and they kind of don't hold steady for long enough, and then you start imagining something contrary to that. And your eye no longer is single, and you're no longer full of light, because some of the light now is dark light in you, and there's a mixture. And it nullifies, it cancels out the whole thing. And so most of us go in spurts and we start to go and God is working with us. And then we counter it for a few weeks. And we wonder why we're back to square one. Well, you just undid it all. You know, with the opposite thinking and confession, you just undid it. It takes time. You see, the Bible talks about, we talked about it last week in, in the book of Hebrews, that the things which we now see around us, things, these visible things, everything in this room, all the physical, physical things we see, this projector, were made by things which what? You couldn't see. Everything is made by, Hebrews tells us that, because they were made from atoms, which you can't see. Everything is constructed from atoms. But you see, we are creative. You know, this is probably plastic, yeah. Plastic. 
It's probably metal. This is metal anyway. That's plastic. Different structure. Different. The atoms and the protons and so on, the structure of the atoms are different in the plastic to this. Okay? But in every atom there is life. And there is light. And if you love these little things, even though you can't see them, that means if you love creation, if you're emanating love, they feel it. Animals feel it. You better believe the atoms feel it. And they will cooperate with you and form into whatever you desire. Because we have dominion over this physical world. Which came about through the atomic structure, the manipulating of the atoms. Unless you found it in love, because that what you emanate affects everything. You cannot live unto yourself. What you are emanating leaves a trail and affects everything around you. Affects the physical creation, affects the animal creation. You come in as mad as anything and you come in with a bad attitude. The first thing they're going to, that's going to recognize that, even though you haven't opened your mouth, is your cat. He'll get out of the way. You haven't said a word, but you picked, he's picked up your vibes real strong. And they're not vibrations of love. And he's not going to cooperate with you. Okay? Yeah. This is what we're talking about. You have to be made perfect. This love is the situation. Jesus said, look, he, Paul said, look, I'm going to show you a way, a super abundant way. When that which is perfect is come, that which is in part shall be done away. We see just in part now, but when that which is perfect is come, we will see face to face. We will understand all things. We will have the mind of Christ when that which is perfect is come. That which is in part shall be done away with. Now when we're perfected in love, and we, you, that is emanating from you, then when you walk in faith, the atoms will cooperate with you and create your world. As simple as that. Create your world. And ah, things which appear were made from invisible material. And all things produce after their own kind. And that includes your thoughts. Thoughts connected with feeling form into creative power. Because you are a creative being. Those thoughts have in them the DNA, the seed. In that, those thoughts, they have the power to reproduce what you're thinking. And when it connects with strong feeling or emotion, conception takes place. And when that is just carefully nurtured, it will bring to pass. You've just got to keep the weeds of unbelief out. It will bring to pass in your life. Now, it's important to know what God wants for you, okay, as well. Because you've got to visualize, you've got to imagine that, you've got to see that, you've got to believe for that, you've got to speak that. But you cannot walk in anything unless you first imagined yourself or seen yourself walking in it. You can't do it. You say, oh, visualization's new age. Look, you've been visualizing since you were born. So you've been new age since you were born, okay, so forget it. Come on, let's get real. You know, it's a creative principle. And the problem is the church is way behind the New Age movement on some of these creative principles. But God says, for you as a Christian, your safeguard is to be founded in love. Don't do anything outside of anything but love. And you have to begin, you know. This is an important law, the law of this is a kingdom principle, understanding this and the seeds, you know. You judge, that seed's going to come back to you and you will be judged. That's how the Lord sowing and reaping. Jesus talked about whatsoever a man sows, it's going to spring up in your life. It's irrevocable. 
It's just a ruthless law that does not change. What you sow, you shall reap. It does not, has no respect to who it is, vector of persons. It will happen. Unless you cut it off. It's negative. Now, really, really important. We must live every moment as we desire the future to be in God. In the past, only a handful of Christians have really broken through the upper levels of walking with God in kingdom principles. Just a handful. And the reason that they have, been, they have broken through in it is because they've understood the laws of the kingdom of God and started to practice them. But only a tiny handful of people have really risen to that level and eventually overcome all things in their lives, including death, and just walked into the presence of God. And there have been those down through the ages that have done that. Not just Enoch, but they've been down through the church ages. There's been handfuls of people who understood the laws of the kingdom of God and just changed their lives, changed their circumstances. Jesus had to qualify in Luke chapter 4 the lust of the eyes the pride of life and the lust of the flesh just another way of putting it he had to qualify you know he can say well if I can create my own world I'm going to have this, 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 this that's lust lust of the eyes God wants you to have what you need to fulfill what he's called you to do in this life and do it at the very best and do it well. And he wants you to have it. Whatever that is, you can begin to imagine it. You can get that thought and connect it with your feelings. Begin to imagine it and begin to live it and it will reproduce in your life. You will become that thing which God intended you to become. We've got to deal with unbelief Unbelief is a tremendous power and we have to deal with that. We have to learn to start to take responsibility for our life and our circumstances and our situations and without blaming anyone else. And saying, Lord, I, this can be changed. As a man thinks, so you are going to become. And you have to hold your focus, your thoughts, Imagination until they, until they connect with your feelings in order to plant that seed and get it flowing. When it touches your emotions, it will come alive. You have to see yourself walking in these things. See yourself walking in life. See yourself now walking in your future. You see, everything around us, you take a building with all its creation, the architectural work in the garden, started with thought and then imagination. And then it came into being. This is the way it works. This is the way God works at the beginning. Thought it, saw it, spoke it. And it came into being. <coughs> so we have to be very careful. Because you see, this week we have sown seeds. Okay. What are you sowing? What are you sowing in your life? Now, and we'll deal with this next week. There is... There can be situations where people have compulsive thinking, compulsive thoughts, and they're not good thoughts, but they have trouble con controlling that. Now, when that happens, you're dealing with demonic power. We'll talk about that next week. Something, you know, has happened somewhere, and there's demonic, demonic power, where there's compulsive thoughts, whether it be unclean thoughts, or whether they be thoughts of fear, or thoughts of whatever, whatever compulsive thoughts. They are demons. They're demonic, demonic power. But I don't want to deal with that today. You can't get free from that. And it's not that difficult to get free from those things. But, and and those, those kind of things happen because conception takes place. Sometimes when we're very, very young, conception takes place. And these things lodge in your mind or in your emotions or in your mind. And they need to be getting out. And it's not very hard to do. But we don't want to get into that today. We have to take responsibility now for your life. Do you like your circumstances? How many likes the present circumstances?
How many doesn't like your present circumstances? <laughs> How many thinks you can be better than what you are now? That's better. Yeah, that now we're getting it. <laughs> that's a better question. Yeah, that's, that's true. <laughs> okay. So you, you've got something to work on, right? What do you believe God wants you to be? What do you believe is your future in God? What do you believe? What do you know that God has shown you about your future, but you're not yet walking in it? How are you going to walk in it? Are you going to get into that thing? By the thought, knowing it? By seeing it with the eyes of the heart or your imagination? By getting some feeling into it? And plant the seed and let it come to pass. Man is capable of incredible things. Every one of us are capable of incredible things because we are made in the image and likeness of God. There's going to be people on the earth in these last days who are going to do incredible things because they understand the keys of the kingdom. And they're going to change things in their life, their circumstances, their families, their situations, their nation. They're going to make an impact. As the whole of creation is waiting for a manifestation of the sons of God to come forth in these end times. Hallelujah. But you need to know the ways of God and the ways of his kingdom. And you need to put them into practice. You need to train your senses, your imagination, which will connect with your senses. You need to train your senses to see what is happening in your life spiritually when you're worshipping. What's coming out of you when you worship. You need to see yourself walking down the street clothed in light and clothed in the presence of God. You need to see yourself clothed in the love of God as an actual force and a color and a power. Clothed in it, walking in it. Until eventually, it just begins. You begin to soak so much of it up. You begin to love like never before, and you'll begin to change. That power will change you. Your circumstances will begin to change, and your life will be formed into the will and the purposes of God for you. Hallelujah. About five percent of you will do what I've been teaching here today. If maybe a little less. But God wants you to be one of them. Okay? <laughs> he wants you to be a little more disciplined in your approach to things. Okay? And do these things. You know? Being a Christian is not being in church for two hours a week doing this. Hallelujah. That's good and it's necessary, but that's not what being a Christian is. Being a Christian is up there where you live and what you affect and what you change. That's where you live, your Christian life. Everybody looks really good and clean and upright and holy here until you get home, <laughs> until you get out there in the workforce. To get out there in the world, that's where you live. That's where these things are going to be put into place. Hallelujah. Praise God. Let's just pray for a minute. Hallelujah. Mm. You have to take your deepest desires for God. Your deepest aspirations in God. Your deepest longings. The things you want most. You need to take them and you need to come before God. And as you come into the presence of God. And then you need to begin to see yourself walking in those things. Experiencing those things. You need to see those things happening in your life. Before you will literally see them happening. You have to see them with the eyes of your heart. Your imagination. You come to God. And you see yourself actually. In those circumstances. Doing those things. 
your deepest longings for God, your deepest aspirations, the deepest experiences you want, how much of God you want, you bring that before Him and see yourself walking in them. In that process, God will deal with your heart and, and God will deal with the things that, that block and work with us and work with heart, but you just hold your focus. You don't change your focus. He'll work you through it. And there shall be a performance of those things. You will begin to step into them. What do you desire your future to be? You have to now see it, begin to see it before you can step into it. Clothed in holiness, righteousness, walking with God, walking in light, walking in the anointing, affecting this world. See it. You must see it. And you must connect it with your emotions. You must feel it. You must feel what, begin to feel what it feels like. Conception will take place. The things which you desire, feeling, thoughts and your desire. Father, I pray today that as we just close out this session, Lord, I just pray that you take some of these words and let them find a place within the hearts of your people. In such a way, Lord, that their lives will be changed. Lord, we don't want to understand these principles from just material things and you know, lust of the eyes and the lust of the flesh. But Lord, we, we want to grasp these principles to do your will in this earth and to see us walking and performing that which you called us to at the highest level. And I pray today, Father, in Jesus' name, that you cause us to get a hold of this in understanding and out of the key of knowledge, the understanding, we begin to find our way into it and begin to walk in it. Oh, we ask it in Jesus' name. Amen.